Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday. It's 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM as we start another week here from 10 to noon. We appreciate just spending some of your time here with Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller, as uh, we talk sports and recap what was an unbelievably busy weekend, a fun weekend uh, in sports. A whole lot to get to. The BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this at the bottom of the hour. Our friend Matt Rudy from Golf Digest will help Trent and I with just a remarkable uh, U.S. Open. Uh, we will uh, get into that. I'm sure we'll do so before that. But Matt Rudy will be here at 1030. He's been with Golf Digest for um, oh, 20, 20 something years now. Uh, he will join us uh, to get his give his take on what transpired uh, this uh, this weekend. Uh, coming up at 11:05 in his normal spot, Matt Snyder from CBS Sports. This is the week when Major League Baseball has promised to start cracking down on pitchers as they try and uh, reel that back in a little bit. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not sure. I think they're setting themselves up for maybe not to what they expected, but we'll see. Um, that's 11.05 with Matt Snyder. And then our friend Scott Dockerman in his normal spot wrote a really good piece at The Athletic, piece that makes you think about some of the uh, bowl games, the minor bowl games, and what the playoff expansion may do uh, to some of those events. So much to get to. A couple of game sevens uh, in basketball from over the weekend. The hockey was terrific. The baseball, not so much if you're a White Sox fan, as they got cooled off uh, by the uh, Houston Astros over the weekend. Cubs finally win a game. Uh, twins likewise can't say the same for the diamondbacks as their streak runs to 17 in a row Whew, so much to get to how are you what a weekend huh it really was good that's uh your sports fan and you're listening to us you definitely are yep yeah that's what you're looking for it was wall to wall i told you i didn't even watch game one of the western conference finals i i can't glued remember to golf yeah i was glued to golf when i moved off of it it was for baseball, and because of that, it never even crossed my mind. I knew the Game 7 was happening this evening, and I had it in my mind that... Last evening. Yes, mm-hmm. that it wasn't going to be... The Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals wasn't going to start until Monday. And there's no game tonight. Right, right. and and so that was going through yeah. my mind, and I missed it. And I'm when's the last time I missed a game like that? It's probably been a long time without having something going on. Trent, to that point, and we probably won't know during our show, but we certainly will in time for tomorrow's show, the numbers, the U.S. Open, right. remarkable leaderboard. Mm-hmm. You've got a game one. You've got a game one. And, and what that did to what I would have thought would have been a very untiger uh, like number, but still, when you take a look at the leaderboard and the way that it was unfolding, but there was a game one between two pretty big markets. Yes. Let's face it. So we'll see how that does um, as far as ratings-wise. But, yeah, I, I wasn't there a ton. I was there on Game 1 more than I thought that I would be. I think part of it, because I had a pretty good ticket on Oosthuizen, and I kind of you know, put your hands over your eyes, and you kind of got them open a little bit. You uh-huh. want to watch, but you want to. Um, so how was that? So for people that missed it, we do our television show, and you also bet on these ones yep. that you bet. You had three guys that you bet before the tournament. Yep. So you're watching it, and you know you got a hefty one coming in. Thirty-three yeah. to one is what you got, Ustazen, and and twenty to one on Rory. 
and twenty to twenty one on to Roy. one on Roy. So I got pr- two pretty good tickets going yeah. into yesterday. And we should talk uh, maybe some. But when when do you hit the cash out button? Right. You know, I I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, hindsight being what it was, I mean, I don't. I'm, anyways, we'll get, we'll save that because there's so much so much getting into. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for Amber Alexander today. Right. She's taking a lot of arrows. I don't believe it was her decision to keep repeating what was going on. Mm-hmm. Look, I get it. It's a weather. Uh, potential, potential uh, catastrophic weather event. We are in Iowa after all. Um, but just cutting away. A, a woman by the name of Julie Fry, just, oh my God. She captured it perfectly mm-hmm. and tweeted it out there. Trent, I, was, I wasn't going ballistic because I kind of, you can't be that guy, right, That's that goes on Twitter and screams, what are you doing, Channel 13? It's golf. This is life and death, maybe. It is. Now, it turns out that some guy lost his shed in Lamoni, <laughs> which, you know. Right. <laughs> sucks for him, but. Sucks for him, but the rest of us would rather have watched golf. But it didn't have to be that way. It might have been, you know, some guy's entire family. We don't know that. Well, I, I go back to 2008 and the Parkersburg. Yes, absolutely. And my family were in the middle of that. Their house they were taken away. They were in the basement covered by debris mm-hmm. because their house was completely leveled. I get it. They were lucky to be alive. Lucky to be alive. And other people were not that lucky. Right. But how did they get down there? Because of the TV. Well, some of them for sure. You yeah, know, that, that's, that's why, hey, this is really happening. We yeah. need to get down there. Right. And that's the part because you're right. The dichotomy between those stories or if the tornado mm-hmm. really for a while, it looked like it was going to tear right through Pella. Yes, it did. Think, think of the devastation I know, there. Right. Up. Oh, sorry. Now we got to keep the U.S. Could open. They have on. waited one more second for Ustaisen's putt. <laughs> that was the problem. Yeah. Oh my God! That's what Julie Fry. That's what I was referring yeah. to. She tweeted it. Um, it's a it's a great piece of video. That Ustaisen's club is coming. He forward. needs to make this par to give himself a chance to make birdie on eighteen. And pull into a tie with John Rahm. He hits the putt. It's starting to curl toward the cup to turn in. And just like a foot before, boom. Interrupt this program for weather. I mean, eh. Right. So. That's probably on a producer, I'm going to guess. The whole thing's on a producer. This is not Amber Alexander's. At least I don't think this is the case. She does not have the kind of power that I'm going to jump into programming. And I'm just going to stay on and say the same things (laughs) over and over and over. She's somebody's talking in her ear, right? Yes. But split the screen. This is 2021, and finally, when they got it to the third time, mm-hmm. they were they decided, you know what? We can't split these screens. So she comes on. She does her thing. She's warning the people that were tuning in for the first time. Mm-hmm. And as the weather situation moved its way east, she's doing what she's supposed to do. Television stations are supposed to do that. But then. They realize, you know what, on the left-hand side of the screen, for those people who are watching golf that aren't in the pathway of the potentially devastating weather event, you can watch the golf. Now, I found well, after the second one delay, I decided to go to, the, go to the little book where we keep all our passwords, and boy, we'd be cooked without that. Yeah. <laughs> and download NBC Sports app. Uh-huh. So I watched the, um, you know, when the third one came up, um, Technology is great if you you know can re- remember to do it. Right, but like I get why they did it. I really do. It was just too bad they didn't split the screen earlier. And again, this is not her fault. I uh, had NBC Sports app downloaded and password set in with Directv, so I was able to jump on right away. Because at one point during the afternoon, Jack wanted to watch Elmo. 
And I, I allowed that, and, <laughs> and I just flipped the golf onto my phone. So I was already locked in. I, you know, I had all passwords already set up. Yeah. I was good to go. And, yeah, when that first weather delay came, boom, just right. popped it right up. And it was absolutely perfect. You know, everything worked well. I was happy with that. But for the people that didn't even think of that right. and to have that, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I've lived it. And I, the only reason I thought about it was reading some of the comments, the blowback that was oh, coming yeah? at Channel 13 and against the poor weather gal who was out there doing as she was told to do. Right. Anyways, uh, the tournament itself, John Rahm's birdie on 17, his birdie on 18, just remarkable theater. Of course, we recall a couple of weeks ago being told on a Saturday in front of the entire television audience that you're COVID positive and you're going to have to withdraw from the tournament. Now, at the time, we didn't know that's what he was being told. Um, but uh, and this is a guy that's, you know, he's got a pretty short fuse. That's been one of his uh, one of the things about John Rahm that we recall, he's got a pretty short fuse. You would have thought uh, that that might have got to him, but he used it as um, used it properly and came back. and He says he believes in karma, and good karma was on his side. Man, was it ever! Um, DeChambeau blowing up the way that he did, Trent. That was. Have so, we gone too far with him? Yeah, he's um, very unlikable. He is. He just. He's a. But you know what? He's a little softer in his interviews from when he first started mm-hmm. to become a thing. Right. And remember when his caddy was, you know, I don't remember if he was pushing guys around or he was, you know, getting in the way and, and, and kind of came off as a real dick is what he came off yeah. as. But, and and he was willing because the, the, uh, the questioner, the interviewer on after Saturday's round was asking him about, you know, how are you handling with, uh, with books or people calling you Brooks? Or chanting, you know, mm-hmm. and you would have thought that, you know, a different DeChambeau would have walked away from that question or I want to talk about it. He was, he was, he answered the question and was a professional, which is what you asked for, right? But man, so he has what he birdied. No, he didn't. He bogeyed 11, he bogeyed 12, tripled 13, quadruple. He had a snowman, Trent. Jeez. He had a snowman on 16. Is that what it or was? Or 15, whatever. It was, he had a triple and a snowman and a quadruple on the back nine on top of a couple of bogeys. And he's right in the hunt at, uh, as they uh, turned into the final uh, nine holes of the U.S. Open. Man, it was good theater. Really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Watching it unfold. Happy for Rom, kind of. You know, pissed yeah. off I didn't cash my 33-1 to 1 ticket on, uh, on, on Usti, but... Yeah, it was fun. fun you fun realize uh, Louis Oosthuizen now has six runner-up, mm-hmm. and I was shocked when he was that price on the board. That's why right. I just stab at him because he's, he's consistent. That he is. Yeah, the tee shot on seventeen, uh, and and this is something that you just really never know. And right? Everybody's going right all tournament long. Uh-huh. If I I heard every time they showed a player on the tee box at 17, they would go out of their way to say, you cannot be left on this hole, and everybody's going right. Um, you cannot be left. That's the one place you can't be. Right. And here's Oosthuizen with the U.S. Open seemingly in his grasp. I mean, I know he had to make a birdie coming in, but um, to fall two back... And then again, we missed the putt. Yeah. The putt's tracking, tracking, tracking. We interrupt this. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right. Oh, boy, oh, boy. That and all was I can do, All you can do at that point is chuckle. Yeah. I, yeah look, I, I have no problem with them cutting in. I yeah. get why they did it. Get why they did it, but split the screen. It's 2021 WHO. And, and just waited an extra two seconds for that putt to finish. Well, you would think, right? It wasn't even that. It was like a half, but maybe right. a second. Right. Just because... <laughs> 
it was drama right. at that point. This was the biggest shot down the stretch. You know he wasn't going to. He didn't have the. He doesn't have the length. Well, he bird. I was going to say he can't. He can't make eagle on eighteen. Did the day before. Yeah. Just uh, sunk a sunk a long long putt. Man, it was fun. Good, Great good. tournament. It really was. Yeah. It really was. Golf is um, and betting on golf. Mm-hmm. I bet on- every day. This is the first tournament I've done it every day. So you so you jump back in every yep. day. Yep. So this is and the reason for it is because DraftKings had a twenty five percent profit boost every day. I got to figure those out. Yeah, so it was just at the top of the screen, at least from on my phone on the app, and then you just hit the opt-in button, mm-hmm. and then you get 25%. So that's when I got Rom Saturday. He was at that point like plus 325 or something, mm-hmm. and I got it with the profit boost up to like plus 475. So that one cashed, cashed a few others, but the day-to-day, and the same thing you mentioned with the cash-out option, Yeah, and it's just staring you in the face. I know. When do you do it? When makes sense? Trent, they were offering me two hundred and twenty two two hundred twenty something dollars at one point. When he when he went to six under and, and there was a group at four under. Mm-hmm. Offered me two hundred and twenty two bucks. Yeah. Lead. Yeah. No. You know what? I'm not doing this. I'll be pissed off at myself if uh-huh. they they give him the trophy after the uh, after the <laughs> event. So, anyways, that's that. You're right. You, I got to stay off it from now. I don't even want to know. You're a young Canadian lad getting stuck in the tree, Mackenzie Hughes. How about that? For, how about that? And the ball actually hit the cart path and bounced back up into the tree, which no one saw. No. And right away, they're looking up. And the first thing that I saw. Were people getting their phones out right away? Yeah, because they're like, "All right, it is up there." Right, because if people are taking their phones out, they're not doing it to take a picture of a leaf. Right, the ball is up there, mm-hmm. and very quickly, everybody else saw it. And how about NBC getting that shot right yes. away too? That yes. is incredible, Campbell mm-hmm. work. That was really, really good. I'm so happy the U.S. Open is back on NBC as well. Oh, as opposed to Fox, yes, yeah. and Fox was, I think, better. Than some people at Chambers Bay, their first one. Yeah, that was, it, it just was not and changed, visually stunned, right? Yes, and, and, and people hate Joe Buck. I don't get it. Yeah, uh, he's as good as there is, in my opinion. I get everybody's different. Uh, give me him any day for any event. Did but you yes, see, I'm with you on NBC. Did you see Johnny Miller? The interview they had with him Saturday, I think I did it not. was. I did not. Just uh, him and Dan Hicks, just kind of talking for yeah. probably ten minutes or something, maybe not even that long. Right. But just how he's doing and everything, mm-hmm. and want him back. And uh, he said very pointedly, pointedly at the end. He'd never been on a team before, played an individual sport his whole life, mm-hmm. and he'd never been on a team and never wants to be on a team mm-hmm. like he's had with Golf Channel and NBC. I thought that was wow. really, really yeah. well said. Yeah. Uh, really felt for him. And, you know, a, a guy that he's tough. Yeah. But I like those guys with the sure. golf coverage. I like the guys that are a little harder that yep. aren't always singing no, the praises. No, they're not looking out for their buddies. Right. Right, Faldo's that way. Sure, he is. He, the go- all the good ones are. Yes, that's you can criticize, and those guys do that. You need, regardless of sport, if you're an NFL player and you go up into the booth, you have to be willing to criticize. Yes, absolutely. I, I've never understood those, and those guys that don't usually don't have a very long career. You know who I felt kind of not bad for. The Robert Bland story, and how about points bet trying to reach out to this guy yeah. after on Friday? I'm guessing today they're glad they didn't get a hold of him. I mean, talk about right. this! This guy, forty-eight years old, finally won a tournament sometime this year. Um, 
I think you did the Golf Channel or NBC showed the fact, you know, his mom and dad are he's got a 48 year old son. They're they're getting up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they finally showed him on the European tour after the celebration because they couldn't be there because of COVID. He comes over here. He's got the lead after 36 holes and points bets going crazy trying to reach it. We want to hire you. We want you to be one of our spokesmen. And then he follows that up with a 77 78. Well, now looking back, you probably should have took the money, right? As yeah. opposed to being in the top five and getting a few hundred thousand dollars. Because what did he finish? He finished ultimately? eight over. Eight over, right? He missed he his was. putt. He missed his putt on eighteen. He was seven. Because uh, um, yeah, I watched him. Twenty-seven thousand dollars. I know it. Now he makes the putt. It's thirty-two grand, but still, yeah. he's in the lead after thirty-six and comes out seventy-seven, seventy-eight to finish the golf tournament. My God, the old guy. Yeah, no, I was pulling for him. Mm-hmm. Um, John Rom, good story. Golf, really fun story. So many storylines in it. The leaderboard was fantastic. DeChambeau blowing up the way that he did uh, was great. And then we had our own kind of little local angles to it with Channel 13 getting involved. And uh, we get our next major July 15th through the 18th mm-hmm. with the British. Yeah, indeed. Um, bring it and on. We didn't and get that one last year. One of the no, few we events we didn't That's actually true. get. And they were one of the first to cancel their Right. Event. And there was no go back on mm-hmm. that one. It'll also be at one of the historic cl- uh, courses this year, Royal St. George's. So one of the, what, four or five that are kind of part of that rotation. Yeah, seemingly. That are in there every time. It's your standard British yep. Open look. Love it. Love it. I do love too. It. I love Tory Pines. Uh, mm-hmm. Tory Pines has it's such a. Fun golf course, uh, and these guys, they really do. They, they, it does test them. All right, so basketball from over the weekend. Look, Ben Simmons, if you're a Sixers fan here today, Trent, Ben Simmons, how about these games four, five, six, and 7? Do you know how many attempts Ben Simmons made, how many field goal attempts in those four games? How many did he attempt in those games? In the fourth in quarter? In the fourth quarter. A dozen. None. Zero. None. Not, not a, didn't shoot the basketball. A, in the fourth quarter. Not once. Supposed the top 20 player in the league. He's making $167 million. Didn't take a shot. Didn't take a shot. And passed up a wide open dunk. That yesterday. was the one. I mean, as egregious of uh, a decision. And he's 6'10. Right. He's not 5'10. Right. Yeah. So you, maybe you're going to be able to dunk the ball. Is that Trey Young? Right. In the paint. Right. A little worried with somebody coming over his shoulder. He's 6'10. That's scared. So he's broke, right? I mean, they're. Yes. I mean, broke physically. <laughs> right. Right. Not financially. He's fine. Absolutely. Mentally. So do you trade him? We for heard what? For a decade, the process, right? Yeah. It's a process. And they got two dudes. I mean, you get Joel Embiid, who has mm-hmm. his problems, yes, but Still. is an MVP candidate. Yes. And then you get Ben Simmons, he all, who. He was all the NBA first team this year, was yes. he not? A generational defender uh-huh. that can guard literally any position on the floor. We say that, but for the most part, it's usually not true. true. But it, it is true with Ben yes, Simmons. Yes, it is. You get those two guys, but then one guy just mm-hmm. goes, and I don't think you can bring him back. Yeah, Trade value, yeah. you're exactly right, though. What do you get in return? A huh. couple of bit pieces. Yeah, dry erase board. A couple of dimes when you're oh. trading away a dollar. And, and can, that, can an offensive player like that be fixed? It's really hard. We He's saw got the yips. I mean, it yes, must be right because we've seen it in basketball at the local level. Go back to Mike Cassell when he missed those free throws at Iowa State his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. He was never the same shooting the basketball. He was an over eighty percent free throw shooter. He was a good three point shooter 
and he never could regain that. J.C. Holloway, remember by yes. the end of his career, yes, I do. they were playing 10 feet off him because he could not yeah. shoot the basketball. Yeah. And it becomes that mental part of it. Those guys were still effective players, sure. which is crazy, but you lose that avenue here. Now we're talking about the NBA, and you're talking about everything possible they have, from a sports psychologist which is probably needed, I think yeah. that's fair to say, mm-hmm. to the mechanics part of it. And you got plenty of time for that. you got to put in the work. It doesn't seem like it'd be that big of a deal to do. You just wonder, with a guy like this, mm. if it's just completely over. Passing up a dunk? <sighs> I mean, Even if it was a four-footer, okay, I get it, because of the mental part of it. A dunk. Right. Did he think he was going to miss it? I, apparently. Yeah. Apparently he must have. Or he wouldn't have got rid of the basketball. Trent, uh, I don't know what. I don't know how you could move on. Well, I know you want to move on from him, but mm-hmm. who's going to take him off? Again, it's one hundred and sixty-seven million dollars that he's owed. Seth Curry, good shooter. I mean, they got some parts there. Philadelphia should be marching on. Yes, it, this should be Milwaukee and the Sixers instead. Well, are we sure it should be Milwaukee too? Well, if if uh, I guess if Durant wore a size eleven and size instead of uh-huh. size twelve. Uh, that ball goes. I think so. I mean, because we don't because of the injuries, right? The Nets if healthy. Yeah, they would have run they through this absolutely. thing. Yeah, yes. They, I think that's what we learned more than anything. Mm-hmm. If that team was healthy, and they were the betting favorite, but right, just how good that team yeah. can be, and how good Kevin Durant oh is my too. God, Trent, I, enough with this teaming up and just just do it right. Mm-hmm. I, I plead with this guy. Mm-hmm. I think he uh, gets some kudos though. He's coming back to play in the Olympics. You see that over the oh, weekend. Oh, I didn't. Is he? Yeah, Good he's, for he him. said that he is going to, and I think that's a way to repair kind of the persona, yeah. maybe a little bit. I'm going to go there after playing the season they had last year, mm-hmm. this season here, everything compressed. Well, he together. was out last year. Yes, and still go out there and play for the U.S. Olympic Good for team. Him. I think that is something that can be the start of it. It helps the image a ton. Yes, helps the image a ton. How about PJ Tucker and his mom? Did you see that little exchange? Oh, it was awesome. No. I don't think I could do it justice. It's all over Twitter. Okay. It's all over Twitter. It's really, really good. And, I mean, when I saw it the first time, you could tell. I thought it was trash talk uh-huh. because we didn't know. Uh, just just find it on okay. Twitter. It's really, really good. It's everywhere. P.J. Tucker and his mom. P.J. Tucker and Kevin Durant. Is it Wanda? I think it's Wanda. Is that what it is? Okay. Wanda Durant. Yeah, it's funny as hell. <laughs> um, that, and if you're, you know what, we should uh, find that uh, Julie Fry tweet. Yeah. And tweeted it from our tw- I'm sure everybody has. Yeah, I think the KXNO account Did retweeted Good. it yesterday. Yep, Good. I saw that. It's um it's it's really well done. Yeah. Good for her. And if you you know watching on I think YouTube TV, people said it didn't come in because you don't really have the locals oh, on sure. one of those streaming. Yeah. It's not so the maybe same. you're not aware of it. You're just getting a national feed. So yeah, yeah, if you're one of those people that was watching and doesn't know what we're talking about, right. <laughs> give it a look at tracking, tracking. Tr- we interrupt this. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> the music hits and I just I wasn't bad. I just smiled because a I knew I could go back to my phone and watch it. So that uh, you know, I kind of, I can't say the same. No, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess there were some words in the. I got base it thirty three to one, and it's, this is massive putt. That is, for all intents and purposes, that was the golf. That tournament. was the tournament. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, I I'm not killing him for doing it. I understand you mm-hmm. did the right thing. Did the right thing, but man, oh man, could you wait a second? Or could you have gone to that split box in the third break-in instead of the, or the second time you cut into it instead of the third? I don't know. 
It's got to be difficult. A couple guess. other uh, notes I had from the weekend. The Cubs, certainly Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Well, you, get, you know what other Cub note, too, that I think a lot of people are going to be talking about? Maybe not necessarily the fact they lost two of three mm-hmm. and the fashion that they did. I missed Book Shambi, and I never thought I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I missed him. Yeah. Chris Myers. Thank God they didn't hire him. And maybe I'd start to be coming around. And I like Chris Myers' work when he was at ESPN and when uh, he's been at Fox. I mean, not like, but was okay. Ugh. It was a tough listen. I, I could barely watch. Yeah. And what I did, it was the volume was very, very mm-hmm. low. And I was never engaged. Mm-hmm. Because you at least have an affinity for Chris Myers. I don't. I, I just, there's something about him that is incredibly grating to me. Is there? I just. And and he did national radio here on, on the Fox Network for a number of did years. Did he? In the afternoon and back when I, I worked. Did he really? In, I didn't yeah, know that. In Cedar Falls, he was the show preceding, so I'd always be in the studio and I'd be hearing yep. it. And he just, one of those voices, mm-hmm. one of those just how he speaks, how he carries it, it just bothers me to no end. I couldn't do it. Yeah. And the little bit of Davies I saw on Friday night, yuck. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. All right, that's the Davies that we've seen yeah. times in the past of his wasn't career. good. Are we are we concerned? Yeah, you know what I think we are now. If at the Cubs, you were last last week. It was bye 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 mm-hmm. bye bye bye. Need pitchers. Need a four. Need a five. Need yeah. a backup catcher. Maybe another bat. Now you just you wonder because right? they go they get Cleveland tonight tomorrow. They're off Wednesday, which is weird, but it happens a couple of times during the season. You know where they go for the weekend? Out to L.A., right? Dodgers. Yeah, for four. For four. For four. And then you oh. after they leave L.A., Milwaukee for three. So we'll know a lot about this Cubs team. Conversely, and Chuck Reed pointed this out to me last week, our buddy uh, Chuck Reed, the voice of Drake football. Uh, the White Sox, it was a bad weekend. I get it. Um, you know, they got beat by a good team, a team they could run into in the playoffs, clearly. But their schedule's just, they got a whole bunch of Detroit Tigers, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of Kansas City Royals. Their schedule softens up significantly. The Cubs continue this month of June, and you pointed it out, May, Memorial Day week. Mm-hmm. You know, enjoy it, because we'll know a lot more about this team once we get to July until the All-Star break. That wasn't good. I mean, they had to win yesterday. And uh, Mills, give them credit, got five solid, and mm-hmm. then they turn it over to that bullpen. Trent one stories of, of baseball. The Cubs' bullpen. How did this happen? This was not supposed to happen. Craig Kimber was washed up. Yes. And it wasn't just him. Ryan who? Tabara? How do you say his name? No one knew it. Well, I should say that. But you get my point. Chafin? The lefty? He's a... He looks like he should be a dart player. A bit part. That's what these... These guys are not part of... You'd think... I mean, it's realistic to say this is a top five bullpen in baseball. At least the numbers that they put up. a doubt. And outside of Craig Kimbrell... There is a whole lot mm-hmm. of, huh? Yeah. Who? What? Chafin's a guy that you're you're up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you're flipping through the 600s, you're trying to find something, and you come across a British show that's throwing guys throw darts in beer in a pub, right? That's what he looks like. But, God, he's good. The whole bullpen has been t- unbelievable. All right, underway on a, what a weekend. <laughs> what an incredible weekend. Need more of those, don't we? Oh, my God. Didn't even touch your hockey. hockey I, I hardly was, watched it all. Yeah, I I didn't watch as much as the I Canadians. Thought. Oh, the Habs had them. They had them. Mm-hmm. As a guy who's holding a Tampa ticket, I'm pulling for the Habs because I don't think they have a chance. Well, I think but you said that every chance. round. I yeah. do. I do. And they just keep winning. They just keep. Yeah, they keep winning. Uh, anyways, approaching ten thirty. Matt Rudy on the other side of this break. More golf conversation. 
Uh, it's Miller and Condon. We're underway on a Monday at Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.7. Time for details. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. All right, 1035, welcome back. Miller and Condon, 1460 KX and 0106.3 on the FM dial. Let's get to our friend Matt Rudy, Golf Digest. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Rudy Writer, W-R-I-T-E-R. Hello, Matt Rudy, Trenton, Ken in Des Moines. What a phenomenal, phenomenal 72 holes of golf we saw at Torrey Pines. How are you? I'm good, and uh, there was a little bit of everything. Got to see some... Good shots and some bad shots and some stars and some unknown people. And yep. There was there was a lot going on and I don't think you could ask for more. And it and it was less U.S. Open-y than normal. But, yes. You know, look at what John Rahm could do in the last two holes. He actually had chances to make birdies and he made them, and that's that's an exciting way to finish. No question about it. So let's go back to a Friday and Richard Bland's got the lead, tied for the lead. Was he tied for the lead or, or on his own? Anyways, he was on top of the leaderboard after 36 holes. Um, pretty good story, right? We know we found out that he finally won. He got broke through on the European tour. His parents are getting up there in age. They couldn't be there, of course, because of COVID. Comes over here and boy, he's setting this course on fire. Uh, only to follow that up by seventy-seven, seventy-eight. That's one of those guys, Matt. One of those stories that you're talking about. I kind of felt bad for him. Not that I really wanted him to win per se, but boy, the collapse uh, that was uh, unfortunate. It was, and it and it shows you, you know, when you can look at some advanced stats, and and actually, you know, the putting stats aren't even that advanced in comparison to what they can measure. But he had made thirty out of thirty, ten feet and in, and when you see something like that, if you're counting on that, if that's that's where you're separating yourself, that's tough when you don't hit it very far. So as soon as, soon as you start to miss some fairways and you start to miss some greens, when you don't have the horsepower that somebody like John Rahm does, or I mean, I mean, look what Bryson did early in the day Sunday. The ability to just smash it out over into places where the crowd had trampled down some of the grass—it's such an advantage, and you have to have everything working when you're the guy who hits it a lot shorter. But but there, there needs to be a mix. There needs to be a, a mix of characters, a mix of stories, and, yep. and really, that's what that leaderboard did. It was it was something of everything. If you were rooting for. Rory, you got something. If you're rooting for Bryson, John Rahm was a great story. There, there were so many good stories that you almost couldn't lose. DeChambeau on the back nine. Mm. How how do you kind of put that into words, what we saw unfold? Just a complete meltdown there. And you know, I posed the question earlier to Ken. Has the DeChambeau hate gone too far? <laughs> I don't know if it's gone too far. I mean, the, everything about what he does is, Cartoonish, and I mean that in the best way. You know, he he's fully commits to to everything, to his process, and he doesn't really care what people think about it. And golf is a super traditional sport, still. So he's going to get pushback. And I think what got revealed there for Bryson is he wasn't playing that great coming in, and he didn't play that great Thursday and Friday. And I think he was trying to psych himself up by saying he'd found something on Friday night, and you know, I just don't think all the pieces were there. He had a lot of good shots Sunday, but when you turn the pressure dial up, I think it's like a you know a weak seam in a in a system that's under pressure. That's where the weak seam is is, is where was where it blows, and that's what happened. He started hitting it crooked into places where 
you, you just can't continue to, to roll the dice and play those odds. And he found some deep grass. He bladed a bunker shot. And, and then I think once he knew he didn't have a chance, he kind of gave up. And, and that's, 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 a, that's a common thing for players to do. Uh, I think you're, you know, it's just so taxing. The week is so taxing that when you're out of gas, you're out of gas. Uh, terrific story. John Rahm, of course, we go back a couple of weeks ago, which was a disappointing story for him. Uh, the fact that he uh, was COVID positive after with a six shot lead with 18 holes to play and, of course, was forced to, forced to withdraw. Got through protocol apparently a little bit earlier, so I'm assuming he was able to play some practice rounds. I mean, he's very familiar with the course. That's where he broke through in the beginning. Uh, but a really good story. I find it hard to believe that anybody would have been openly rooting against John Rahm uh, down the the stretch, considering you know the the, the cards that he was dealt uh, just two weeks ago. Oh, no doubt, and, and and I've talked about it with you guys a lot over the years. He's been your guy. <laughs> I think I've picked him for every you have. For the last three years. But the, and we and we talk about the same thing, which is you know he's got all the talent in the world. He hits all the shots. He's a wonderful ball striker, great putter, great clutch player. He just he has a he gets really angry and. Um, you know, really edgy when things don't go his way. And I think the perspective that he showed with what happened at the Memorial, and I think the perspective that comes with being a dad mm-hmm. is, has done has done some nice things for his personality. He hasn't changed who he is. It's just, you know, made it so that the golf is important enough. You know, it's not too important. And and when you see the, the goodwill and the happiness and you know on, on Twitter and players and Phil Mickelson stuck around in his yeah. hoodie and his joggers so that you could give him a hug. And I mean, there, there was a lot of positive stuff to come out of that. And I think everybody believes that this just opens the door for winning a lot more of these. So. Speaking of handling emotions, not a strength of Matthew Wolf, a uh, young man, mm-hmm. 22 years old, certainly talented. Hey, how talented is this guy? I mean, are we a guy that he's going to be – a top five, top ten player, you know, for the next 10, 15 years. And secondly, you see these stories a lot, I'm sure, Matt, these young guys that are brash, that are angry at themselves. How do you combat that in this game? Well, I mean, you said it right there in the first part, which is he's 22. And that's that's the hard part to remember sometimes. And and whether you're talking about Matt Wolf or Ben Simmons, you know, in the NBA, going Mm -hmm. through what he went through in in the series that they just played, you know, the the reality is that these these people are still 21, 22, 23 years old. And I remember what I was like when I was 23, and and I didn't have it all figured out, and I didn't have everybody watching me all the time, and I didn't have social media turned on right. 24 hours a day. So I think the the challenge for any athlete is to manage the expectations that come from everybody else, and to manage your own expectations, and to manage the load that comes with. You know, everybody pulling at you and having to do the things. And when I look at Matt Wolf, that's even a better comparison when you talk about the Ben Simmons stuff. A PGA Tour player doesn't have a team. You know, he's up, he's by himself. You know, you have to make decisions yourself. You have to decide for yourself when you practice. You have to commit to things and make your own schedule. And you've got agents and coach to a degree, but it's not like you're you're playing for Bill Belichick or you know you're playing for an NBA coach. Where there's a you know a prescription and, and, a, and a list of places to be, so I think part of that is just managing your life and learning how to say no to certain things and, and what things serve you and what things don't. And uh, sometimes it's uncomfortable to watch those those things unfold because you got to learn it. Some people seem to be more natural at it, and you know if you're a more introspective person and, and, and you're not used to that attention, it can be harder. 
I think he's going to be okay. He, uh, one thing that's great about him is he has an idiosyncratic swing, and he's kept that. You know, he hasn't tried to to iron it out and conform to what everybody else does. And and those kinds of players can keep some artistry, and I think can can survive. But uh, you know, it's, it's it's certainly a work in progress. Uh, Oost ties it on seventeen uh, with the tee shot uh, going out of bounds. Uh, I mean, Matt, every time somebody TV picked up somebody teeing off on 17, they were like, you can't go left. There's one place you can't be on this hole is left. Uh, and there's Oost Heisen was seemingly a U.S. Open still within his grasp, uh, and he goes left. Um, was what, what was he trying to do there? Was he trying to, you know, cut off some yardage because he's not the longest hitter and it just backfired on him? That's a good question because, as everybody said, he, has, he had 50 yards left. I mean, I mean, you can, you know, you made the mistake in the place where you can't, you literally can't save it. And he almost did. He had, he had a great shot when he dropped, and he almost made a par. Mm-hmm. But you know, he, he hit the shot that that is the one thing that that took away your chance to win the tournament. And I think it proves how difficult it is to close the door in a tour event. And, and Tiger spoiled us. I think we had this yeah. conversation last week before we, you know, as we were previewing this tournament, Tiger spoiled us like in just with what you're talking about with Matt Wolf. He spoiled us because he came out as a 21 year old and was fully formed and beat everybody. And he spoiled us making it look super easy to win all these things. And he he spoiled us because he just closed the door on Sunday. And, and all of those things are really hard to do. And now we're sitting here talking about Rory McIlroy Mm -hmm. who has four majors and, and somehow that's a, that's an underachievement, you know, and, and, that's a difficult world to live in. Right. The Tiger set the bar to where four majors is an underachievement, where that was a first ballot Hall of Famer 30 years ago. A star-studded leaderboard. Great, certainly at the end, opportunity, as you said at the top, to make birdie, to make eagle on 18 with the par 5 there. And they didn't trick up the course. Torrey Pines was what it was. It's certainly more difficult than it is when they play early in the season, but did the USGA, did they... Can they take something away from this, understanding we don't have to trick these courses up to make them seemingly impossible? You're going to get more drama, maybe better golf, by just playing these courses as great as they are. Well, and you said it. They got out of the way, you know, which is mm-hmm. you know, let the players decide. You know, and instead, of, instead, of, instead of having the golf course be the hero, let the players be the heroes. And really that's the mixture that the British Open has been able to achieve for a hundred years, you know, where, where you go and the, the, you know, it, it would, I said the, the way I would compare it is if, is if you went and you know, played in the Super Bowl, and the, the stadium was the main story. I mean, I, I, the stadium shouldn't be the main story. It should be an accessory to what's happening on the field. And I think they achieve that. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Torrey Pines in general. I think it's just okay. I think there's a lot of holes that look the same, but I, but they, they did what they needed to do and they gave, players options to hit good shots or make mistakes and let them determine it on the course and and that's what happened Matt Rudy Golf Digest Matt we um, we look forward to the uh, British Open Royal St. George's is the golf course just real quick on that as you think about that course what kind of player does that favor does this bring the you know the the Oosthuizens the the guys that uh, don't hit it as far back into things Uh, what what can you tell us about Royal St. George's What's been interesting to me in general is that in this outlier time, you know, we're, we're playing majors like the Masters in different times of year. The British Open was canceled, and, and you, U.S. Open, different time of year. I mean, the, the, the golf world's been turned on its head in the last year and a half, yet you've still seen some of the brand names, so to speak, 
win majors. You know, DJ won last year. You know, Bryson was, was ascendant at Wingfoot, and he won. And Phil was a big deal, and he won. And so I, I, I don't know if I should handicap it based on what I think about the golf course or, or what seems to be the trend, which is in this time of disarray, the players that have the best ability to, to stay calm among the, amongst the disarray, you know, those are the people to bet on. They might not be the, the, the favorite for the course, although Rom would certainly be the favorite at Torrey because of his history there. I, I think I would go for the, you know, the, the, the person who's, who's, who's stable and can, can, can deal with disarray. I'm not even sure they're going to let people in the UK yet. So mm. What is that going to do? Wow. Trying to, you know, bring caddies in and stuff that there's so much, up in the air, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see how that all plays out. And Shane Lowry still the defending champion, right? <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, Matt, thank you. Uh, you've been doing this with me for over 20 years, and I sure appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll talk to you before the British Open. Thank you, Matt Rudy. You bet. See ya. Good to talk to you, Matt Rudy. Uh, Golf Digest on Twitter, at Rudy Writer, at Rudy Writer. Fun time. I, uh, speaking of the coverage on NBC, I went mm-hmm. down the Roger Maltby wormhole at yeah, one point on Saturday. Yeah. Just because I, I get a kick out of the guy. Yeah, he's got got, the big, I like him. The big bushy, yeah. bushy mustache yeah. and the squatty guy, you know, walking around the course. He won the 1975 Ed McMahon <laughs> JC's Quad City Open. Did he really? The total purse that day. Oh, my gosh. So I'm going to say, let me guess what he... The total purse or what his winner's both. share was? I got both of them here. Okay, so the for the winner's share, this was 1970 what? 1975. He won. To, to put this in perspective, John Rahm earned north of two million yesterday. Right? right? Yep. Um, he made sixty thousand dollars for winning. He made fifteen. You gotta be kidding me! Fifteen grand to make your way to the Quad Cities and to play. And to win that golf tournament. One of five career victories for <laughs> Mr. Melty was that $15, one. $15,000? The total purse was $75,000. Ed McMahon was not putting up a whole lot of sponsor money back then. Uh, and, and then I also, the Quad City Open, you know, John Deere Classic as mm-hmm. we know it today. Mm-hmm. It was for uh, three years, the Miller High Life Quad City Open. So what years are these? This is the early 80s. Okay. Uh, for a year, it was then the Miller Lite Quad City Open, the Hardy's Golf Classic, uh, and before uh, we've had now for the last 20 years now, the John Deere Classic. Uh, fun tournament. Fun tournament. Yeah. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Really did. We'll take a time out, uh, come back, finish up the hour. There is some uh, news from the Supreme Court of all yes. things today. We should, you know, I, I wanted to... Because it just broke when we were... I, I didn't have time to read it, so I can't form an opinion. All I saw was 9-zip. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this means the end of amateur athletics as we know it, or is somebody starting to turn those floodgates to open them, which kind of how I read it. But maybe we should get our friend Nate Bolton on tomorrow to help us out. It's him and Brad Zahn. At least locally sponsored that, a bipartisan bill that failed again here uh, in the state legislature. But um, uh, Nate will be all over it. We'll have him tomorrow on that. Miller and Condon, back with more 1460 KX and 0-1-0. Heart Media. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. About five minutes before the hour of 11 on 1460 KX and 0-1-0-6.3. On the FM dial, melancholy note, uh, Tom Curvers, who was the general manager of the Iowa Wild, um, to, he won Stanley Cup in the he played for Montreal in New Jersey. I think he won it with the Canadians. Uh, but regardless, uh, he passed away cancer this morning. Oh man, yeah. Um, 
he got here a couple of years ago, I think, is when he was uh, when they brought him aboard. But uh, I knew he'd been going through it, uh, the the fight, and lost sadly, mm-hmm. lost that fight uh, here this morning. So Tom Curvers uh, passes on. Anyway, so pretty fun weekend to say the very least. What didn't we cover with so much that was going on with the baseball? You know, something's going to happen in baseball today. I saw this note from our friend Frank Schwab for the first time in 150 games in Major League Baseball, and it has to do with the Los Angeles Dodgers. This, the hmm. Dodgers today, this will happen to them for the first time in 150 games. When you think about it, it's a pretty long streak that's about to end. What is that? I have no clue. They will not be favored. Oh, really? In tonight for the first time. In 150 games. That is. That's a streak. I would love to know what the number are if you just blindly bet them. Uh, well, I didn't say they covered every time or right. won every time. But, right. Um, but they won't even be favored against the Padres. So the Padres tonight have. Very slight favorite. Darvish on the bump. Okay. And, and who goes for the Dodgers? Urias. Urias is a good pitcher. Probably going to grab the plus money in the Dodgers right? tonight. You haven't seen that since October. You know who? It's funny. I'm sure you can figure it out. It was October's playoffs of 2019. They were up against the Natties and some guy by the name of Scherzer. Oh, yeah. He's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he's not bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, that, that was the first time for that. So, anyways. That's a good note. Um, watching the new ballpark in Texas. Now, of course, we saw it in the playoffs last year. Uh-huh. Oh, your twins are. I was wondering, why are we watching the Rangers? The camera angle is weird. That they get piped in there. Mm-hmm. And I've seen bits and pieces, you know, MLB Network, all right, let's cut into the game here. So I've seen it, but watching it for an extended time for the first time, it was jarring. It was really a whole lot different than I anticipated. So the World Series was there last year. I don't remember. I don't think the, the camera angle was the okay. same. Yeah, this this was the house feed. It, it felt I mean, different. Think about that, too, by the way. The World yeah. Series was there last year. Wait right. a second. Yeah. <laughs> Right, we're going to look back and mm-hmm. when you go down the like I did the Roger Melpy mm-hmm. wormhole, and what in God's name was happening in 2020? You know, mm-hmm. kids, kids, and your grandkids and everybody. Yep. What? Well, let me tell you something. 2020 was a different kind of year. Yeah, I'll say. And that's how we get to these points. But that was very odd. And ah, don't look now, but the Twins have won four in a row. I, so they're not in last place. I saw they they they've climbed out of last place. Uh, they've got a half a game lead on the Tigers for that spot. Get healthy and sell parts. I mean, is that mm, what you're doing? I guess. Because they're 12 and a half back. Right. Even to get to wild card yeah, contention. Because you got two really good teams and two decent teams in the West. Yeah. You got the East and the Astros. Now, the Yankees. Here come the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And the Rays going back the other way. They had a rough week. Yeah, they're bringing up their phenom. Yes. What's Franco Wander uh, Wander Franco, yes, who number one prospect in baseball, right? And when you ask people that have watched Tatis and have watched Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and some of these young game, uh, the young guns, these the young names in the game, this is a kid who might be as good as any of them. Yes, that's that's been kind of what we've been told. You know his story. I read his story. Dominican he, Dominican dropped out of school after the sixth grade. To focus on becoming a baseball player. Wow. Sixth grade, he's done. He's helping the family. He knows the only way, wherever he grew up, the only chance he had was, was baseball. And uh, he signed for at a relatively young age for $3 million, mm-hmm. and it was a bargain. I mean, that's, yeah. that's how everybody's considering now. So we'll see, uh, because he's. I think they play tomorrow. It so is, yep. That's remember that name. Wander Franco, who, uh, switch hitter, plays mm-hmm. shortstop. 
You look at his slash line, batting over 300, his OPS in AAA. Again, he's 20. Right. Is approaching 1,000, his OPS. I mean, just ridiculous <laughs> he's numbers. He's 20. He's 20. He's yeah. playing against guys that are you know, 23, 24, 25. Oh, no. Didn't get to play last season because of that weird 2020 mm-hmm. year we were just talking about. Yeah. There's not many camp misses. They say this kid Th- this is This is about them. as close as you're yep. going to find. Yep. Um, so we'll watch him. Be nice to watch Happ and Hayward, who, you know, getting paid a lot of money to, <laughs> good God. I don't know how you keep playing those two guys. Honest to God. Can't hit a lick. Buck 70. We're, we're almost to July for crying out loud. Uh, hey, but Hayward w- makes a good play once a week. Yeah, he does, I guess. Then he grounds out the second. Uh-huh, again. Uh, Matt Snyder, CBS Sports. Baseball conversation to lead off hour two. It's 1416 106.3 FM.